You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox and friends. Let's rejoice. Let's give ourselves a round of applause, a pat on the back. High five your friends. High five your coworkers. We made it, everybody. It is game week. We are going to see TCU football on the field this Saturday. Uh, as far as I can tell, we don't have to worry about COVID interruptions, any of those things. They are going to play Duquesne at the Carter at 7 p.m. this coming Saturday night. And, man, that is exciting. We've talked a lot about this team, the weapons they have on offense, especially at the skill positions. Possibly a very improved Max Duggan in offensive line. We'll get our first look of that uh, this coming Saturday against the Duquesne Dukes. Now, what are we looking for? Because to be honest, I'll pass along some notes that I discovered just looking uh, online today about Duquesne and where they're at. They're actually a little bit better of a team than I thought. Now, it doesn't, I mean, listen, TCU should handle their business on Saturday and should do it comfortably. Um, they did have some success, though, in the spring. They had a shortened spring season. And then back in 2019, which was their last full, complete fall season that they got played. But this game's really about TCU. And what do they look like? What is the energy like? What are they doing on the field? So what are three things that we want to see from the Horn Frogs in this game on Saturday night? I'll list them here. The first thing in my mind, and this is a little... Um, a little vague, I guess, but I'll, I'll try to narrow it down. I want to see a crisp offense, an efficient offense, one that's moving the ball well, that's finishing drives. Uh, I mentioned this last week, I think, a couple of years ago when um, the Frogs played Pine Bluff. They won that game comfortably, but I, I feel like we could all watch that game and say that was not a crisp offense. Now, they were shuffling in quarterbacks. Duggan and Alex Delton were still fighting for that job. But there was no real rhythm to it. They basically scored on a few big plays and by getting great field position from the defense and capitalizing on that. So coming into the season, Duggan, year three, Quentin Johnson on the outside, a lot of receivers that can make things happen, a great running back in Zach Evans, offensive line that we hope is improved. Um, can you do what you want in the run game? Can you find ways – protect max have a clean pocket run some more complicated pass concepts run some pass concepts take a while to develop where we see okay we're, we're possibly taking a step forward this year seeing some things happen seeing some moving parts come together that's the first thing i want to see i want to see an efficient offense a crisp offense how much of the playbook are we going to get in week one i don't know i can't imagine they're going to throw the kitchen sink out there but those first 20 to 25 plays, those scripted plays, that kind of base offense that you're going to see throughout the season, what does that look like? What's the pass run distribution on some of that? What formations are they coming out in? What are they trying to accomplish? How many yards are they getting on first down? That's, uh, that's number one. I, I want to see a crisp offense, one that's moving the sticks, moving the chains, maybe has some occasional big plays. Like you want to see those big plays. But can you sustain a drive? Can you put seven, eight, ten plays together and march down the field and get points and get points, not only, you know, three points, but can you get touchdowns? Can you put the ball in the end zone and consistently punish the other team? So that's the first uh, sort of 
factor or what I'm looking to see, what I'm hoping to see when this team gets out there on Saturday. Uh, do they look like an offense that has a lot of experience that's played together for a while and has come together through the course of fall camp? I also, I, I'm interested, and I hope we get to this point. I think if we didn't, it was a pretty big failure. Uh, you imagine you're going to see a lot of second team guys get reps. Hopefully, you know, all of the fourth quarter is the second team offense essentially getting out there and making things happen. So who is that number two quarterback? And what does it look like when he's on the field? Uh, I really thought this would be a no-brainer. I thought Chandler Morris would be the guy. Of course, I'm not on that coaching staff. I'm not Coach P. I'm not Jerry Killen, Doug Meacham. Uh, and the Matthew Downing murmurs, rumors, have been out there for a while now. I mean, this is this is a interesting part of this roster to me. Who is the backup QB when – TCU has a big lead, hopefully in the fourth quarter. Who's that guy leading the second team? And if it is Matt Downing, do we see why, right? Like, do we see improvement? Do we see a guy that looks more confident, that can move the ball, that can get the offense going uh, late in that game? If it's Chandler Morris, does he look as advertised? Do you see that athleticism, excuse me, that dual threat ability, um, that arm strength that got him – a scholarship at Oklahoma and at least had him sort of in the mix there for that quarterback job. So Max is your established number one guy. Obviously there's no quarterback controversy, but who is that um, dude behind him? Who's the number two player? Who's the one that's going to have to step up if there's an injury, uh, if something happens and we'll have to make plays. It, it's an important position. You know, you, you can never be too deep at that spot. So who's that guy? They get those second team reps. That's the second thing that I'm looking for in this football game against Duquesne, aside from obviously just the score at the end of it. And then finally, on the defensive side of the ball, um, is this a team that's flying around? Or are they making splash plays? Are they making tackles? Are they forcing turnovers? Tackles behind the line of scrimmage is what I mean by that. Are they um, really being disruptive and imposing their will on this Duquesne team. That's that's what I want to see from the defense. I expect them to be prepared. I expect them to be good. Uh, you know, they have a good defensive line. They have some new guys at linebacker, a lot of experience at corner, some new talented players that are be, going to be coming in at that safety position. Are they the defense that we think they can be, making plays, flying around, being disruptive, making things happen? Um, that's the last thing that I want to see going into Saturday's game. Okay, it's game week, folks. Let's keep it rolling in segment two. I have a couple news and notes. Uh, TCU soccer, they were back on the field this afternoon. Um, and we'll get a little bit into what does this Duquesne team look like? What are they working with when they hit the field? Before we do that, though, let me tell you about sweat block. Uh, this is kind of an embarrassing thing, but I'll be honest with you. I'm someone that sweats a lot. <laughs> Like, that's just always who I've been. It's, it's something that I'm pretty self-conscious about, to be honest. And uh, about a week ago, I got a package in the mail from Sweat Block, some deodorant, some wipes. Um, it, it's it's a really great product. So they have deodorant that's uh, high capacity, high strength, will uh, take care of you. They also have wipes that you can use on your body to prevent excessive sweating. Um, they have some shower gel, a lot of great products. And you can find Sweat Block products 
CVS at Walgreens, or you can do, you know, what just about everybody does here in 2021, which is order these things online. Go to Amazon.com and you can find Sweatblock. I don't know why I said Amazon.com. You guys know what Amazon is. Go to Amazon and you can find Sweatblock products or Sweatguard products, excuse me. Give it a try today. Back here on Locked on Horn Frog, Stephen Simcox here with you. Segment two coming your way. Uh, before we get back to football, I wanted to give a shout out to the TCU soccer team. They get another victory this evening against UT Rio Grande Valley, and this one was not close. They poured it in. Uh, Gracie Bryan had two goals, and the Frogs get a victory six to nothing against UT Rio Grande Valley. Another impressive win for Eric Bell's squad. They've been taking care of business against some lesser opponents, and then of course have that big win against uh, Texas A&M. That was a top ten win. Um, that that game happened last weekend, but on Sunday they beat UT Rio Grande Valley six to nothing. So they have outscored their opponents fifteen to one through the first three games of the season. Beat Stephen F. Austin seven to nothing. Um, got a two to one victory over Texas A&M, and then a six to nothing victory today against UT Rio Grande Valley. Just absolute domination from. Um, the TC women's soccer team. Their schedule gets a little bit tougher as they go through the rest of the non-conference slate. They play uh, Colorado in Fort Worth on Thursday, September 2nd. Uh, and then they're at Pittsburgh, at Alabama, at Ohio State. And then a home game against Pepperdine before hitting the teeth of the conference schedule. So some big-time Power 5 opponents coming up. But this is a group uh, that has been really impressive after losing um, some great talent off last year's team, right? Like Yasmin Ryan, she's off to play pro soccer. Um, Emily Alvarado is playing pro soccer overseas as well. Uh, and she was in goal and she was such a big part of what they did. But they really haven't slowed down on the defensive side of the ball yet, only giving up one goal. And their scoring has been pretty magnificent so far, putting in 15 goals over three games. A lot of that against uh, Stephen F. Austin and, and um, UT Rio Grande Valley this afternoon, but still did have two goals against Texas A&M. So keep doing what you're doing, TCU Soccer. We see you. Uh, this is a special group coming off an Elite Eight appearance last year. They continue to roll along. Back to football here for a minute. Uh, I, I told you I wanted to share a little bit about what I learned about Duquesne. So they played a spring schedule. Um, they played in the spring of 2021. So just a few months ago, they were playing football. And they went 4-1. and one. They were really impressive in the spring. They made their conference title game, ended up losing that one to Sacred Heart. But they did go 4-1. and one. Um, And their quarterback, Joe Mishler, uh, he was named to the FCS National Player of the Year trophy watch list. And, you know, those watch lists, obviously, they take a lot of guys, right? It's, it's a number of people that are there. Uh, but he averaged 239 yards per game through the air last season, completed 85 of 130 passes. Um, and had nine touchdowns in that five-game spring schedule. He was impressive. You have a good QB. That's always the first thing you look at. If you have a good quarterback that can make plays, that can make things happen against good opponents, and that's a plus. Um, so initially when this game was scheduled, my thought was, who the heck is Duquesne? Where is the school located? Why are we playing them? But I do see, I mean, there's there's a little bit of talent there. Um, back in 2019, they went 6-5. and five. That was their last full fall season. So not, I mean, not breaking the doors down, not incredible, uh, but, you know, a, an over 500 record slightly, and then followed that up 
with a really impressive 4-1 season in that spring schedule uh, this past spring. However, obviously, this should be a game that TCU wins. They win comfortably where you get to see a lot of different guys. Um, you get to see a lot of the backups get in there and, and get involved as well. That's that's what should happen. But I wanted to pass along a little bit of information about Duquesne. Later on this week, uh, you know, Gary Patterson is going to speak to the media on Tuesday. So we'll have some of that. We'll hopefully have a few guests for you leading up to game day. But it's finally here. We're going to get to see this team live. And I'm excited to see what that looks like when they hit the field on Saturday. Up next, we'll wrap up shop. Before we do that, though, I did want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious protein bar. They've been sponsoring with us for a long time. They're a proud sponsor of Locked On Podcast Network. My favorite flavor is Coconut Brownie Chunk. They have some more traditional flavors, though, like peanut butter and German chocolate. Those are fantastic as well. It's good for you. It fills you up. It's a perfect snack for, you know, in the morning, for before you go do your workout, um, for late in the afternoon at work when you're struggling and you need that energy. Built Bar, give it a try today. Also want to pass along betonline.ag, folks. It's that time. It's football season, right? Like, this is this is what we we live for. This is what we've been waiting for. There's going to be a lot of chances to make some money. Um, get involved with betonline.ag today. They have all the lines in college football, all the lines in the NFL. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you can get a 20% sign-up bonus. Betonline.ag. Give it a try today. Okay, that'll do it for Lockdown Horn Frogs. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Stephen Simcox. Appreciate you guys hopping on uh, and listening to the program this evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you're tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue to get everybody ready for uh, TCU season opener. Duquesne this week and then Cal and SMU right after that. So we'll find out how good this team is uh, pretty quickly. And that's always exciting. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.